Welcome to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. This is our eighth episode. What's up everybody? Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. So we're going to start with our lifestyle tip. And our lifestyle tip for this week is going to be more centered around our mental state of mind, like our mental health. And we think we've both tried this ourselves. And we think that a 48-hour digital detox is something that everybody should try. And trust me, once you do it you know, once, you're going to want to do it again and again, maybe at least like once a month. Yeah, so let me break down this digital detox for all you illiterate digital detoxers out there. (laughs) So basically what you do is you just disconnect 100% from anything digital in terms of things that you would normally use on a daily basis. So that means your computer, your TV, your cell phone, your tablet, your Kindle, whatever you would normally use outside of, I would even say probably like your car. If you, can, if you can get by with not even using your car for these two full days, I would recommend that. And the premise of this is to completely disconnect from anything that is emitting like electromagnetic frequencies within your sphere in a sense. And so the benefit of this is when you disconnect from these things and you step outside of them, you will experience just a tremendous level of clarity, of zen and calmness that will come over you. And it may take a couple hours to get into it, but if you can, do it when you can be out in nature. And once you do it and you have a chance to disconnect, you know, we're so programmed on a daily basis to be checking text messages and emails and social media notifications. And when you just set that down, disconnect from it, turn your cell phone off for 48 hours altogether. Trust me, nothing's going to happen. It'll be there. All your friends and family are going to be there when you get back. But you just need to step away, spend as much time as you can outside in nature, and then come back. And it will be remarkable at what you feel in terms of how refreshed you are and just a intuitive clarity that you have back in your life. We went on a digital detox, I would say it was around Christmas and New Year's, right? Of like 2000, between like 2018 and 19. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say I was feeling very anxious and kind of like spastic, like internally. And I noticed that every two minutes I like look at my phone, I'll be watching a movie. And for some random reason, I grab for my phone. And I'm sure many of us do this. And I don't know what spurred this in me. I just knew that something was off. And I was like, you know what? I just need to cut the world out for like two days. So both Brian and I went on a quote unquote digital detox. And I swear Monday morning came around and I did not want to turn my phone back on. I was loving it. It's a great feeling. It's a very freeing feeling. And it also teaches us a lot about ourselves and how we lean on technology so much. And it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty amazing what will happen when you step away from it. You begin to feel very connected with your surroundings and you begin to have a lot of these thoughts without effort that you may not have otherwise. And since we're in a constantly in a state of all this electromagnetic radio waves that are hitting us at all different times of the day, 
And once you step away from that, and it's also super important when you do this, like I mentioned, to really try to get out in nature. Because even if you're turning everything off and you're staying in your house, you still have Wi-Fi signals that are bouncing around. You have maybe smart devices like a Nest thermostat, things of that nature that still emit these frequencies within your surroundings. And so if you can get outside as far away as possible from any type of electrical signals, in you know in a park or in the woods or something like that and just spend some time outside walking around and when you do that leave your phone at home don't take anything with you except your keys and just go spend some time outside and i think you'll notice with just in a matter of a couple of hours your body begins to really calm itself both your mind and kind of those levels of anxiety like nita mentioned and you just really reach this enhanced state of awareness. And so it's something that we leverage on a somewhat regular basis. And when we do it and we come back and then we got to get back on using our phones for work or things of that nature, we almost don't want to at first just because of how calm we feel from taking that digital detox. Super beneficial. I know some of us tend to lean on our phones and social media and being on there for the engagement and the algorithms, especially on Instagram. Like I know that's what I do to keep the podcast and our stuff up and running. But I promise you just taking two days away and shutting your phone off or taking the Instagram app off your phone so it stops you from going on your phone all the time is super beneficial to you and it doesn't really hinder the rest of your work. Like it's still going to be there. It'll be there Monday morning. Your numbers will be fine. I have done it several times. It all works out in the end. And the second thing I want to touch on is when you do like put your phone away, I would suggest like filling up your day or your like free time, quote unquote, with like things that are good for your mind. Like Brian said, be outside in nature, read a good book, take the time to connect with yourself, do things that you wouldn't normally do, do some like physical activity, do whatever you can to like not be near your phone and actually like feed your soul. Like do something substantial with your time, you know, like yeah. something good. I usually do one handed push ups or if I can't, if I'm getting feeling really frisky, I'll do no handed push ups. No, you don't. Okay, last week we discussed manifesting and the law of attraction. It was episode seven for those of you following. I had briefly touched on a point last week about money and how many of us are unknowingly resistant resistance to an abundant mindset or more wealth. Well, a Dixon podcast listener, V-A-N-E dot M-P-M, that was her Instagram Instagram handle, messaged me and she said, Would you be able to go a little deeper into investing and what are some legit companies slash apps, if so, on your next episode? I've been thinking about making extra income. What you said about investing instead of saving definitely caught my attention and would like to have more information on how to go about doing so. First off, great question and thank you so much for asking. I had said this very briefly, like kind of without thinking, and I didn't think anything of it. So to see that somebody was listening to the podcast and picked up on that one thing and it like happened to click with them and it could potentially give them some value is like the entire reason that we do this podcast. So thank you very much for reaching out and asking us that question. So I had said, one of the examples that I had given at the time, last week's episode, if you guys want to go back and listen, was that no matter what age, I mostly see people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s and 60s, they choose to save for the future or they try to save money for a future expense as opposed to saving money for the sole purpose of investing. 
Now, why would you invest money? You would invest money so that your money makes you money. So you have income one coming from your nine to five job, and then you have income two or wealth coming from your investment. If you were to just save your money, one is going to sit there and not make you more, and two, you'll end up spending it, and then you're, you're back to zero. So the whole goal is to create more wealth. It is fear, no matter which way you slice it. It's fear that you may need it for a rainy day or that you won't have more of that money or you don't have, you know, it's fear of taking risks and investing. You're not a believer in investing. And what we were trying to say last week is that you have to be very open-minded. You have to think, I can make money with this money. I can create more wealth. I can take risks. I can take very healthy, calculated risks and make profit. Of course, you should do your research and be strategic and take very calculated risks, but you cannot build more wealth for yourself from your salary job or your savings account. Once you spend that savings account, it's gone. You're back to scrapping from your salary and now you're building your savings from zero again. So you're perpetually now enslaved to a job as opposed to creating more streams of income from your savings that could help you step away from that job. Obviously, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, and I'm not trying to make it sound like it does. It takes a lot of time. I've been playing around with all of this since I was 18, but if your goals are to just save up for that house or a down payment on that house and then maybe use the rest of your savings to furnish that house, well, think about it afterwards when you're just back to your salary again. You've used up your savings for your down payment. You've used up your savings to furnish this house, and now you're back to paying your bills based off just your nine to five salary. You have no cushion, you have no savings left and no extra streams of income. So this is why we say we should have an abundant mindset and we should be able to create wealth in intelligent ways. We have to believe that we can create it. We have to see it in our like mind's eye and put it out there. And we must set ourselves up for this. You know, I can't say that I want money today And, you know, put it in savings and invest it and see when to get a return tomorrow. No, it's a process. You build it and it takes time. Maybe you're young and you're not thinking about retirement, but would you rather be someone who collects a pension check or a social security check and is forced to live off that when you're 65 or older? Or would you rather have all the freedom you want in your older days and have streams of income built up with no ceiling? That's the difference that we're trying to showcase in an abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset. So the law of attraction will always, when you think abundantly, you will create abundantly and you will make choices and decisions that are geared towards an abundant mindset. You will take intelligent risks, you will start investing your money, and you will create more streams of income and you will create more wealth with your money. You just have to believe it and act on it and be very patient. This is a long-term game. So before we answer your question on the type of investing or the things that we can do or the apps that can be used, I do want to give a little disclaimer that Brian and I are not financial advisors. We are not giving professional financial advice. We're just sharing some of the things that we have done to take our income and instead of pushing it into savings, we have chose to invest it. Yeah. And so with that being said, we're not going to be going into like specific types of stock picks or anything of that nature. We're just going to be at a more high level talking about the diligence that we do and some of the areas that we find very interesting that have a lot of long-term value creation opportunity that we investigate to deploy capital into. And so one of those is a space that I've been in now coming up on, man, it's been nine, probably close to almost 10 years, now about nine years, I guess, um, is the cryptocurrency space. Now, this is a space that 
I invest in because I understand it very well. And I've been following it since the late 2011. And because of that, I understand how this market operates a lot. I understand the new and emerging trends in it and the companies that are building applications on top of this technology. And a lot of people would consider cryptocurrency like one of the riskiest asset classes that exists. And don't get me wrong, it is a very risky asset class, but you know, there's other asset classes that I don't know as much about that I wouldn't put my money in because I don't necessarily understand them or I haven't been educated on that asset class yet. So crypto is one that I truly see changing the way that we transact assets in the future. I think most asset classes that exist today, whether that's real estate or whether that's pensions or it's people's retirement accounts or IRAs, I think that those over the course of the next five to seven years are going to become completely digitized through what are called security crypto tokens. And because of that, it's going to open up avenues for extreme wealth creation in the long term as all these assets begin to become more digitized. And so that's one of the most interesting thing I think about the opportunity when it comes to investing in various crypto tokens is to pay attention to different businesses that are developing applications to digitize existing legacy asset classes. Um, there's also some more of the prevalent cryptocurrencies that people have also probably heard about in the news. And the ones that have like the most critical mass adoption are ones that are pretty interesting as well, just because they have the most users that are using it and they have a lot of interesting value propositions and use cases. And what's interesting about those types of crypto tokens is that they're creating trustless value transfer mechanisms and how that technology operates opens up a lot of great chances for companies to upgrade security, to upgrade how money or digital long-term stores of value like gold operate in a digital space. And so that's a space that I think is emerging. It has tremendous upside potential in the future if you pay attention to it closely. Uh, some resources that I read on a regular basis to stay up to date on crypto is Coindesk is a really good one. Um, if you want to learn about different crypto tokens and coins and uh, news articles that come out about them and their day-to-day -day price shifts or longitudinal price history, look at coinmarketcap.com. And if you're interested in getting involved in the crypto space, there's a lot of really easy to use platforms that you can educate yourself on and onboard like Coinbase, for example, that's a US based company. And uh, they have a pretty seamless integration where you can connect it to your bank account and you can go in and purchase a limited am amount of different types of cryptocurrencies. But uh, that's a company I think that's developed a lot of trust in the United States and has a lot of users on it and a lot of security precautions and things of that nature. Um, so that's one space that you know we're constantly researching and evaluating and looking to allocate different types of capital um, into different sorts of assets that are in the digital space. Um, another space to look out for when it comes to more traditional investments in the stock market, um, my background and what I do is a lot involved with technology. So I'm constantly working and investing in tech startups. Um, I'll talk about that shortly, but the traditional stocks in the public security market, there's a lot of companies that are doing some really interesting things in the tech space. And so that's where a lot of my knowledge lies and I dedicate a lot of my energy to learning about. But I would pay attention to companies that are doing 
very interesting and advanced things when it comes to robotics or autonomous systems or self-driving vehicle type software. Um, anything in the energy space in terms of electric vehicles, I think has a lot of potential. And uh, when it comes to uh, artificial intelligence in general, like companies that are finding really unique ways to implement that, whether that's in financial services or in the healthcare space, also companies that are figuring out how to leverage blockchain effectively, uh, I think have a lot of upside potential. There's a lot of companies in the public space that'll just mention the word blockchain and they're really not even doing anything. They're just using it as a marketing play. So you really got to figure out which businesses are actually building real world transformational applications on top of it versus the companies that are just using it as a marketing ploy to boost their share value a couple points. Um, another thing what I think is very interesting in the healthcare space is companies that are doing digital health and telemedicine and also getting into more of the life science and biotechnology but developing very advanced solutions with nanotechnology or gene editing i think they're going to come up with some really interesting use cases in that space as well um, so that's kind of more around if you're looking in the stock market and uh, before i jump into some other stuff nina you know you've got a lot of experience in the real estate space Do you want to talk a little bit about that well yeah i, I think we kind of like veered off the topic here i think this um our listener asked for just specific quick examples of where she could be investing and the apps and the avenues that she could be going by. So some like quick, simple ways. So I kind of want to touch on those really quick and then move on to our topic. So the first thing you said was crypto. Cryptocurrencies are a great way and we both do it. Some apps that I could suggest for that are Coinbase and Robinhood. Another way you can invest money is into the stock market, which for you can use things like TD Ameritrade, get an account on there, or you can also use Robinhood for that. You can invest in startups like Brian mentioned. Um, you can invest in real estate. So real estate works in a several different ways. But the main way that I know how to and that I think works out the best in the long term and creates long term wealth is if you save up enough, do your research and do your homework and make sure the property makes you enough money, but get a down payment on like a duplex in a good area and make sure you can collect the rent to pay its mortgage off. And in like five years to seven years, you'll have paid it off and all that income from that property for the rent will be extra income for you. And then, <coughs> excuse me, to buy the next building and to build your portfolio, you can use that building as collateral in like seven to 10 years against another nicer, prettier, more profitable building. And that's just how you keep growing your real estate portfolio. Um, another thing you can do, I know you said it was for investing and to make some side income, I believe your question had asked. And so something else that I would say is not really investing, but it could definitely create side income, is to sell all of your old stuff. Sell your stuff on eBay, sell your stuff on Poshmark, which is an app, sell your stuff on the Facebook Marketplace. I'm telling you, it could be a statue that you know is just old and dusty and collecting dust in your house. Somebody will buy that for $5. Like it will absolutely sell. You can sell anything these days. So get rid of old clutter, get rid of old clothes, old shoes, old things in your house. It's a great way to make um, like side money really quickly. Something else we can do. Something else you can do is invest in yourself. If you know, you're looking for side income, take a class that makes you a uh, certified Pilates instructor or a certified Legree instructor. Maybe you want to be a certified yoga teacher and you can teach classes maybe two or three times a week for an hour. That's extra money. That's extra income. Another thing you can do is create an uh, ebook or write a book and sell that on Amazon, which is really easy to do. 
both Brian and I did that about two years ago. I think it's been two years now. Very easy. You write your book, you create your cover, you push it over to Amazon's publishing parent company, and it's up for sale. And they automatically give you like, if the, when the book sells on Amazon, they automatically push the revenue into your bank account. So these are just some ways that you can create income and invest. Um, Coinbase and Robinhood are the apps that you use. Brian, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so I was going to say when it comes to investing, it's incredibly important that nobody take the short-term view for anything. And what I mean by that is like, you have to always be looking at markets, in my opinion, that when you invest in them, you're looking at a very long-term view to see a return on investment because nothing happens overnight. And if you're trying to invest in different asset classes where you're just going to make a really quick buck, that's how people get burned often and actually lose their investments. So I would really be looking at opportunities where you see growth over the next 5, 10, 20 plus years and really be in it for the long term because extreme wealth creation always takes a lot of time to do. Nothing happens in a matter of a year or two, right? You want to be really focused on markets that have long-term growth and being able to be patient with your investment opportunities. And when you're analyzing things and you're doing your diligence before you put your money in something, be like, would I feel comfortable owning this in five years or 10 years? You know, and if the answer is no, then start to ask yourself, why is that? And unless you're a day trader and you're literally going to be on the markets all day long, every single day, and you're doing that as your full-time job, I do not recommend anything where you're looking to hold for very short periods of time because you could get busy, you could forget about it, and then all of a sudden you end up losing your investment. So always focus on whatever asset class you're investing in. Take a long-term view. And if you look at some of our most successful investors in history, like Ray Dalio or Warren Buffett, these guys all spent their time investing in very long-term opportunities, which made them a tremendous amount of success. And also when you're investing, especially in like the stock market, pay attention to things that pay dividends because those dividends can calculate up really, really quickly and allow you to multiply your wealth in a much faster way. That's great advice. I also think it's important to note here that it's amazing to hear and to see people are young people are thinking about investing because I truly am a believer that before we go out and buy that fancy car or lease those cars or buy that home I really do believe that we should all have several streams of income several ways of built up wealth for our future before we go trying to live that lifestyle Jay-Z always says he says if you can't buy it twice you can't afford it the first time I just I mean you and I see it all the time people around us are doing it nonstop, and it's just like sad to see because you know when you're 50 and 60 and 70 years old those are the people that are like okay we have to budget for every nickel, penny, and dime, you know? And that's just not, nobody wants to live like that. And I don't want to see anybody living like that either. So on to today's topic now. Do you ever wonder if we have free choice or like free will? Or is everything predetermined or is everything like a predetermined destiny? Last week, Brian and I were in the living room working on our computers in the evening. And he randomly asks me this question. And I did have a response for him. So before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about how this question popped up. (laughs) Because if anybody hasn't seen this show, you've got to go check it out. So there's this show on Netflix called Dark. And they just recently released their second season. And it's a German show. And then they dub over it in English. But they do a really, really good job. And the concept of the show 
is this town that basically has this time loop that keeps happening and people discover it and then they're going back and forth in time trying to fix things that occurred so that certain end results don't play out. And the concept of the show basically breaks out this idea of do you have free will or is that this illusion of free will and there's actually predestination in these um, divine interventions that occur to set you on a path that you should be on. And so it really got us thinking as we were sitting there watching it. And that's where the genesis of this idea came from that I asked Nina about. I don't know. When you asked me that question, I felt like I I felt like I knew the answer. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually not even going to share my response yet. I think we should just go through the whole episode and then and then I'll share my what I had thought. But I think that that question can leave us with very open ended that question can leave us with more questions, I feel, right? So as I was sitting there and I was responding to him, I thought, you know what, this would be a great podcast topic just to like get into and kind of research a little bit more. And when I was thinking about it and researching it, I was like, is this a, I don't even know if this is a spiritual question or if it's a scientific question or if it's a a psychological question or is it a philosophy question? I think it's a, it's a little bit of everything all balled in one. <laughs> Excuse me. I was kind of lost and I was like, I don't even know like what category this falls into. So it kind of like took me down a rabbit hole for a couple days because I wanted to do some really deep research on this topic. Well, upon doing so, here's what I found. One of the oldest questions aside from where did we come from or how did the earth appear is actually... Do humans have free will, meaning are we able to choose what we will do with our lives? And I thought about that and I'm like, you know what? My choices feel free, don't they? I mean, I chose to have a protein shake after my workout. I chose to eat an apple after instead of, I don't know, something unhealthy, right? I make choices every day that I do inherently feel that they're my own and free to make. We're choosing to do this recording this podcast today, right? It feels as though these choices are free. But the free will issue is especially thorny because I think it represents a collision between two opposing yet equally valid perspectives. From a purely metaphysical perspective, if we don't have free will, then why are we even here? Like, what is the point of life if we cannot choose our own paths? I feel that everyone, including Brian and I, make choices and decisions to go and to be on a certain path. You know, we have like a goal in mind, right? We do things for a reason. And it's interesting because as you think through that concept, just to play devil's advocate, is, you know, we have these choices and goals that we have, but how do we know that we're not actually pre-programmed to have these specific goals? We're going to get there. (laughs) Yet from a purely scientific perspective, they say, how is it possible that anything can occur without having been caused by something else, which is what you just said, right? So what you just said is on a scientific perspective. The first one of why are we even here if we can't choose our own points is a metaphysical viewpoint. But science is saying you can't have something without it being caused by something. This is true. There's a cause and effect scenario there. But to your question, you know, why are we here if we don't have free will? So something to think about there, There's just so all our listeners know, there's going to be a lot of food for thought in this episode, and we're not necessarily going one way or the other. We're just trying to pose some interesting questions that we find fascinating that we think you probably will too as we kind of talk through this. So I just want to preface this conversation that we're about I, to get deep I into think with I, that. I have a solid 
I, I have a belief on this at this point. Okay. Do you? I I have uh, I'm a little more objective about it. I say I, I'm a little more open minded in terms of I'm not strongly one way or the other. I think there's a combination of both. We'll share what we both think okay. at the end. Um, where was I going right before that? So, if we really can choose, though, okay, we're at the choices. Then these choices have to be uncaused, right? If we truly have free will or free choice, that means. It comes from us. It's not caused by anything or anyone else. Something that cannot be explained within the model of science that many of us rely on. So one of the things that you said, this is what I was going back to, is if we don't have free will, why are we here? And one of the things I thought as we were talking about this over the course of the last week is, what if before we came here, we set out these lessons that we're supposed to experience in this lifetime and as we go through the lifetime, you already have these lessons that are laid out. And so you, ha- you think you have this free will as you make these different decisions on a daily basis. But in one way or another, you have to live out these certain lessons while you're here. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, though. We're not there yet. I, I'm just trying to explain the, the scientific way of it or like the metaphysical way of it. Got it. Like, okay. There's people out there who say there is no free will. You know, like, no, I'm sorry, there is free will or else why would we be here? Then there's another side of the argument saying there's no there is no free will because you can't have a choice or do something without it being caused by something. And we're saying, well, which one is it? Right. We're kind of like in the middle. So there's no consensus within psychology as to whether we really do have free will, although much of our field seems to assume that we don't. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Freud and Skinner. Those two did not agree on much, but apparently what they did agree on is that our human behavior is determined by influences within or outside the person. So what does that translate into? They're both saying that we do not, as humans, have free choice or free will because every choice that we make is based on or influenced by something or someone outside of us. Yeah. You know, I think that's interesting point of view. Doesn't um, that make you think about your own life and your own decisions? I mean, it does. I, I have a example that I think is kind of fascinating on this topic. Share it. I'll share mine of, after. So I was in college and at the time I was going down one path that would have taken me a completely different direction in my life than where I've arrived at now. And at the time, my what I thought was free will was bringing me to that path. Like I was making these decisions to go that direction. Then all of a sudden, one day, I get in a severely bad car accident, completely out of the blue, and it was like very, very bad. I ended up like traveling down into a lake. I flew through the windshield. I had the ambulance come. Uh, My parents came and got me. They brought me back to St. Louis, which is like two hours from where I was at school at the time. And that scenario completely did a 180 in my life and brought me down a completely different path. At that time, I ended up transferring from the school I was at to a school back in St. Louis. I finished up school there, which then created the opportunity for me to work at a law firm with my brother, which then brought me into law school, which where I met Nina, which then brought me, you know, down the path that I'm currently on. And it was all these dots that I kind of connected looking backwards. 
But at the time, if I had continued to go down the path that I was going on when I was in college, it would have put me in a completely different avenue, basically, for my life than this avenue I showed up on and where I'm at now. And that car accident is like the triggering event that shifted that entire path. So it makes me wonder if I had this free choice that I was going in that direction, at that time there seemed to be some type of divine intervention because that car accident, even though it was rough for a short period of time, it actually put me on a much better, more aligned path that I should have been on. Well, let's dissect this for a second. You were making choices and making decisions that, quote unquote, you thought were free will. Right there we stop, right? You were on a path before your accident and you were making choices and decisions that looking back were not in your highest and best. Correct. Okay. But in the moment, you thought that this is what you wanted and so you went for it. When you are making those choices and decisions, were they because you were making them and you wanted to make them or were they being influenced by something or someone outside of you as well? I guess that depends on what your definition is of something outside of me. Well, are you talking about like a person, like an external person or group of people? It could be your environment. It could be people. It could be a certain lifestyle. It could be money. It could be anything outside of you that was causing you to make that choice. I think it's possible. Yeah. Like there could definitely have been external circumstances at that time that were influencing the decisions I was making. So you are now at that moment, not making choices or decisions from your own accord. You were making them by being influenced by your environment. Yes, there's the possibility of that. So right there, (laughs) excuse me, I have a cold. (laughs) Right there you can show, like this proves the theory of like, okay, we only make choices because we are moved to make them. We are influenced by an outside circumstance to make those choices. And in a sense, that outside circumstance may not always be your environment or people. It could be something divine that is coming from a, you know, more of an infinite source of consciousness that's being received through your brain that you're making these decisions for. No, but then, no, no, no. If that's the case, then you're not going to, you will be making a free choice and a free decision and the universe will not halt you. You will not have divine intervention. You will have divine support. Maybe. No, that's, trust me. Like that's what the whole point of this episode is, is to show that, When you are acting from your own free will and free choice and you're doing so in alignment with your heart and with very, very pure intentions and for the good reasons and you're not being influenced by money or jealousy or power or freedom or any of these external kind of like fake rewards or, you know, fame or like being the cool kid in school, then you will get support and you will get to your predetermined destiny but if you're making the wrong decisions aka you think they're free and you're being influenced by other people and making your decisions absolutely the universe is going to come in and intervene like your accident so i think that's one example but i also have other examples that really kind of counter the statements that you just make like what so there was another example where i purchased a business for example, and I was really interested in like really gun ho about moving this forward and uh, started dedicating all my energy towards that to build this out and raise the funding necessary to do it. 
And what ended up happening was I wasn't successful in raising enough of the funding that I needed to make the thing actually happen, right? Um, So what I ended up doing was transacting my capital through it and the business didn't go in the direction into which I thought it was going to go. And there was no bad decision here. This was strictly around me putting my energy in a space that I'm super interested in, right? And I put a lot of energy and effort into it. And then after a period of time, I began to learn that maybe the timing just wasn't right with this particular thing I was trying to do right now. And then almost a year later, just under a year later, somebody came in and purchased that business back from me. And it gave me the opportunity to kind of exit that scenario. But in that time period, my intentions were pure in what I wanted to do. But it was almost like the universe telling me, Brian, you really thought you wanted to do that at this time, but we're showing you that this is not the path that you're supposed to be on right now. Does that make sense? I don't think that's true. I don't think that you're, when you were making those quote unquote free choices to go down that path, it was not motivated by a pure intention. It was not, it was not a pure intention. You had ulterior motives. You wanted to make a profit. You wanted to make wealth. You wanted a new avenue of creating wealth. It wasn't we even talked about this before off like off the record like we were speaking about this and it wasn't aligned with who Brian Dixon is with who you are as a person and with what things what things actually make you tick that was not at the forefront of your mind when you were making that decision I think I, I see where you're going with it I think yeah so there were aspects of that for sure um, largely within this particular business that we was unaware of when we first got into it was the level of you know, let's call it quote unquote secrecy that has to be yeah. abided by when you're operating this type of financial business in mm-hmm. terms of you can't be out doing public speaking, which I enjoy. You can't be out doing like marketing yourself and that type of investment fund. Uh, there was a lot of restrictions around it. So I see where you're coming from, from that point of view. Like the space was definitely something I was very interested in. But I think what was learned through the process was that there was so much restriction on what could and could not be done that... It was almost like the universe saying, this is not what you're supposed to be doing because you really shine in doing some of these other things. And if you do this, you're going to be prevented from doing things that you have a you know natural ability to do. Exactly. So what you are good at and what is aligned with you, those choices were not made based off that. And the universe made that very clear once it said, now here's another where I'm directing you elsewhere. So that's the point I'm trying to make. It could come in all different forms. I'm not, you know, I'm sure people have other examples. But I I do believe nine times out of ten, you have the right intentions, you might have the right motives, but you're not being clear with yourself. Like, you might be doing some. this is a general thing, this is not towards you. Like, you might be doing something for, man, I just need like $500 more this month, or I just need like a thousand. I just need to get enough money to get a new car. And it's like when you start do, going down that path, you start to, yeah, you're exerting your free will and your free choice, but you're not doing it in alignment with you. And that's why so many things do not work out for us because it's like the universe saying, no, this is going to take you down a wrong path. Yeah. You know, like Freud talks about unconscious conflicts as causes of behavior. And then Skinner talks about environmental contingencies. And that both things included, we're not really free to decide, which in part, I absolutely agree with. So that's psychology. Now you have neuroscience and genetics playing into this matter to make it all more convoluted. John Surley in 1997 was a doctor. 
And he comes to the conclusion that our brains are no more free than our livers. And in genetics, he ends up saying that girls with a specific, I don't even know how to say the name of this word, oxytocin. Yeah, that's right. Oxytocin. Girls with a specific oxytocin receptor gene felt more lonely in the presence of judgmental friends than did girls without this gene. So this result and this test showed that at least some of what we perceive as a free response, like these girls responding to feeling judged versus the girls who don't feel judged, was 1,000% determined by their biology and their genetic makeup or their environment, right? Therefore, again, telling us scientifically we do not have free choice or free will. It is always caused by something external. Yeah. Which is just crazy to think because now it's like, well, we have no control over our lives. Well, something to think about too within this topic is, and this I think kind of came clear to me as we began really talking through this over the last week, was around, is there this illusion of free will in the smaller, more tactical decisions that we make on a daily basis? But in the grand scheme of things, the overall goal that you're getting to is more of a predestination. And if you really start to evaluate different decisions you make in your life and then the the end result or outcomes you get to because of those decisions, it kind of makes you think, you know, yeah, I, I decided to have a protein shake at this time today or I didn't eat this many calories today when I should have eaten this many. But over a period of time, I still got to the same end result. It's just a base, like what my body looked like. That's just a basic example. But if you look at some of the larger things that happen in your life, it's almost like you can get there in a lot of different ways and your tactical decisions that you make on a daily basis appear to show you that you have free will, but the end result could be something that would have happened regardless, which really lends itself to this concept of predestination. It's interesting you say that because I talked about what the psychologists say. I talk about what neuroscientists say. Now you've got theories out there. And this is where things get a bit murky. But it's interesting because I agree, I, I found myself agreeing with this too. Don't get murked. It's, <laughs> you're going to make me cough. <laughs> it's, there are theories that are actually based on the assumption of free will we are you're right in saying that is there an illusion that's a third viewpoint on this and a very popular viewpoint in our history that free will does not exist it's an illusion it's just simply a theory and you know what that makes me think of is exactly you and i had this discussion yesterday if this is a theory that us humans created for ourselves which is we have free will. We have choice. I have the power to create my own life. Hey, let's go back to episode seven last week. We were preaching about manifesting life, right? Yeah. If everything I say today is true, then episode seven goes out the window. I mean, it's there's aspects of it that kind of do, yeah. It doesn't go out the window. I think the biggest thing that we miss in all of this is that alignment factor, and I talked to my mom and she's like, you have to, in every waking moment, be extremely guided by your heart and like the purest 
intentions that you could possibly have. And that's that's learned, dude. I'm not saying that we are born with this. I even like snapped back at her and I was like, well, you know, I wouldn't have done X, Y, Z. You guys told me to go do that. And you told me I needed this to like be successful in life. And she's like, you're right. And that's where things get murky is that as kids, you don't make decisions for yourself because your parents are guiding you with the best of intentions. But it's up to that soul. It was up to me as Nina, no matter what age, the universe doesn't care. It didn't care that I was 18 years old or 17 years old. I should have followed my heart. There are tons of kids out there who follow their heart at 15 and 16 years old, don't they? They go off and they like leave home and go to Hollywood and become these big stars or they go on American Idol and, you know, end up becoming big singers. It's like some of our souls have that and some of us don't have it. I was just rooted in fear. So even at that age, I was not making a free choice or free will aligned with myself I was making a choice based on fear from my parents which every kid has at that age and I think that all of all these things other people have different examples but I'm saying it's kind of the same situation where you might not know that you're being influenced and that you're making a decision that's completely not in alignment with yourself and it makes you think too though if that's the scenario it almost makes me think more that you're alignment that you have in this particular lifetime was set before you ever arrived here because if you turn out to be this let's let's use a singer as an example and say you're eight or nine years old and you're totally obsessed with singing and from a young age you know that you want to dedicate all your energy to that and nothing else and focus on that because that's what your soul and heart is telling you then it's almost like why is that and your predestination in this lifetime has become is to become a very successful singer. And you learn that very early on. Or you could be in an environment that you're still supposed to have that same end result, but out of fear, maybe because your parents are saying you shouldn't do that or you should go become a doctor or a lawyer. You have to you learn don't to do let, it. Yeah. And then so the universe bounces you back and forth until you finally learn about what was potentially set out before you arrived on the planet to say this is what your highest and best path is and we're going to guide you there, but you may have to learn some difficult lessons before you do that. So you're absolutely right. And I, and I agree with that. Like one per two people can have the destiny to become great singers, but one might know it at a young age and have the guts to pursue it and make free, free will choices in alignment and say, no mom and dad, I'm not going to school. It's not meant for me. I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going to become a singer. Peace out. And then there's, there might be another kid over here, same age, same everything, but with parents who are super pushy into traditional education. And the kid is just so scared to break out of that mold that the kid kind of just follows and just thinks like, well, I got to listen to my mom and dad. They know best for me. And ultimately that kid grows up to be super unhappy and eventually learns to have their own voice and believe in themselves. And eventually that person's career flourishes too. You're right. I do believe that. But that path and that journey, that alignment within their hearts, I do believe is predetermined like you mentioned. I think that's a predestination. That's a pre-calculated path for our souls before we're born on earth. Our highest and best path for all of us. We all have one. I think here's where it gets a little like tricky. Are we self-aware enough? And then how long does it take us to become self-aware? To believe and realize that we've all got a path. That's something I think is tricky. Because I sometimes wonder that there's, is there people here that are meant to become self-aware enough to recognize what their highest and best path are? And are there also people here 
that are not meant to become as self-aware. And because of that, they're, it's basically their souls playing out this karma to go through a lifetime of learning and obstacles and challenges that maybe they keep redirecting themselves into because they haven't reached that self-awareness. And it's just because that's what they planned out before they came because they knew they're going to be coming back. Well, I think the karma plays into even the kids who knew they wanted to be singers in our example. Karma is what brings you into a certain family or a certain environment. That one kid's karma brought him or her into a family where they tried to push him, but the kid said, no, I know what I want. I'm going after it. That's that kid's karma. He's He or she is more aligned with herself and is gunning for it in this lifetime. The other kid is a little bit fearful and maybe has to learn a lot of fear-based has, has karma coming from fear-based lesson. That person has to learn to get over fear. That person has to learn to trust themselves because of life, past lifetime issues. And so the same goes for those people who are not self-aware or who are slower to become self-aware in this lifetime. And they're kind of in that low-level energy and that vibration that if they are that way and they're in that environment, again, I believe that that's karma that puts them in that situation to learn certain things and sometimes they learn and sometimes they don't but back to what i was saying that if this is really a theory that humans humans created for themselves that we have free choice and free will one i totally believe that we created this theory for ourselves almost to make ourselves feel like we're in control because that's just human nature i think it is and that's a very ego-based response and that's something that we all struggle with And we did an episode on that about ego and how to do a better job of working to delete that. But you're right. Having this concept that we do have free will and we're able to choose in every scenario what occurs is us trying to exert control as opposed to enjoying and being grateful and experiencing the moment and letting our path guide, like shine through us and guide us being very unattached to how we get there, but just flowing with the universe to be there and know that we're in the right place at the right time at all times, as opposed to always trying to exert this egoic based control mechanism. Yep. So I I thought from like a human perspective, like, wow, that's pretty that's like a control freak, right? I expect humans to do something like that. But then I also thought, was this theory of free will? Because if you look at our ancient texts, all of them say that there is no free will. But if you look at maybe a couple hundred thousand years ago, if you start paying attention, I feel that it was done by our forefathers to help uphold this matrix. When you say ancient texts, could you elaborate on that briefly? Like Vedic texts. Got it. Okay. Um, I think that if this was, this seems to be a new theory. This is not an ancient theory. Okay. Although it's a long question, I see and found in philosophical books, in biblical books, and everything that you look in that we don't really have free choice and free will. We have like the will of God. We have some higher thing to follow. We have like the right path to follow. But this free will and free choice concept kind of is, just from my understanding, I'm, I'm, this is my opinion, I'm not saying that this is true, seems to be semi-new. And it started getting my mind spinning because I love conspiracy theories and I know you do too. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this was created by our forefathers to help uphold the so-called matrix You know, because think about it. If the entire system sits upon, we all have free will and free choice, what can the government now do? Hold people accountable. I hold you accountable to going to school till you're 18. 
it's frowned it's frowned upon if you don't graduate high school it's frowned upon if you don't go to college if you choose not to go which is your choice and you have free will i hold you accountable you're a loser in our society hold you accountable to go to church hold you accountable for a nine to five job if you can't hold a job for more than five years what are you doing in the thing i hold you accountable for taking out a loan and being responsible to pay that back debt marriage taxes our legal system you cannot uphold our legal system if we were to follow the scientific and psychological points older points of there is no free will and free choice our criminal justice system could not say or even the other federal and civil justice systems could not say hey brian i hold you accountable for making that choice that day so you know now you're gonna be i don't know paying us a fine and going to jail right it holds you accountable but if we were to go by what science says or what some older Vedic texts say, which is no free will and free choice, how am I the government going to exert my control over you and hold you accountable for what you had no choice or will over to do? Yeah. You see, it's, our entire system is based off of this fake theory of free will and free choice. And what happens from it? What's the, what, Someone might say, well, what's the point of this? Um, profit, money, businesses, corporations, control separation and control they love to divide and conquer within our country like that's a very common thing so i feel like there was a reason behind doing all of this that you know we're going to throw this theory out there like maybe there's no scientific proof that a free will and free choice but you know what we're gonna do this i want to do this because it's the only way that we can control people and we can hold everybody accountable in our society Hey, everybody. I really do hope you love Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code, DEEPTHOUGHTS, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with code DEEPTHOUGHTS. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. So we have a way of like me thinking like, okay, this theory is out there because the government wants to exert control. It feeds the matrix. It feeds our society and our system. That's the whole reason for this because they want to hold us accountable. But really, we have no free will and free choice. The other thing I thought of was us, what's important in all of this is not whether free will and free choice truly exists or if it's real. It's just, do we believe we have free choice or free will? And why that might be important is because when we think or believe that we have free choice or free will, we will act socially responsible. We will be responsible citizens of a society. We will be more behaved and more civilized. But if we believe that we don't have free will and free choice, it's going to be a very it's going to be irresponsible behavior and we will be we will act like a very uncivilized society. Yeah. So it's like a double-edged sword. It is tricky. And it's interesting to think about too because this has been a concept that has been 
programmed into society for a very long period of time. And you may be thinking, well, of course we have this. You know, this is, we're making free choices every single day. And of course we have free will. Well, if you take that same construct and you would apply it in a different manner, um, a lot of people living in America think that they're truly free at all times, right? And if you really look at the legislation that's been passed over the course of the last 15 to 20 years, our freedoms are being taken away from us left and right. Our media is being censored. We are having more and more laws passed that are taking away rights that we've had for a long period of time. And there's a lot of people out there that literally live a life that I would not consider free at all because they have to get up and go work a nine to five just to pay for a car that they lease, just to pay for a house that they have to pay a mortgage on. And they're stuck in a a deadly, deadly cycle, right? And this has all been programmed into us that we still have freedom though. We still have freedom to do whatever we want, but there's a, a class of people that don't even recognize or are aware that they're stuck in this cycle and in for americans in general we've gotten a lot of our freedoms taken away from us um and there's arguments as to why that's happened but if you take that same construct and apply it to this construct of free choice and free will that's been going on for a lot longer than just how we've been having a lot of our rights taken away taken away from us then you can see when you push something and program something into a group of people repeatedly over a period of time, people start to believe it. And so it's something just interesting to think about and some food for thought as to does it really exist or is this something that we have been convinced of? You just mentioned our freedoms being stripped away. It's 2000 and... 19. I almost said 2020. 2019. There's over eight states. I think it's almost 13 states now. Don't quote me on that. As of July 2019, states that have passed the anti-abortion law, which literally strips the freedom away of every single woman in those states to make a choice about her own body. Like, I don't know what more is necessary for someone to realize that whether it's a metaphysical argument, a spiritual argument, theological argument, a neuroscience argument, a societal argument, I don't care which way you slice it. I do not see free will and free choice anywhere in today's time. Everything that I do after researching the stuff and after looking it up, everything that I have that I've made choices for especially in my younger to like maybe my mid to late 20s. Every single decision and choice I made was I was not properly informed. I did not do my own research. I did not maybe trust in myself. And maybe I believed in other people than myself. And I was filled with fear. And I was always trying to appease somebody other than myself in my choices and my decisions. I mean, just recently now, I've started to take a different turn in the last five or six years. But looking back, I can tell you that I thought I was making free choices of my free will. And that's not true. Every single thing was influenced by my environment or by some external event or situation or person. Yeah. Subconsciously. Obviously, I didn't know it at the time, you know, but looking back, I can honestly like admit that now. Mm. I mean, can't you wouldn't be in law school. You wouldn't have gone. Yeah, I probably would have definitely taken another path. Uh that was more aligned with 
what I was feeling innately at the time. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, it's it's difficult sometimes to understand and project that into the future. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes a lot easier to connect the dots backwards. backwards. However, what I've learned personally is that once you realize that, if you take a look at your life right now, you can connect the dots backwards and see what has happened. And that hopefully that'll be a learning experience so that right now moving forward, you as an individual become much more consciously aware of what you are innately aligned with in within your heart and within your intuitive capabilities that you should be doing on a daily basis so that you make decisions to better put you on that path yeah. moving forward. Like I believe, I do believe, and I know this might sound really strong, but like I do believe that that alignment is like our soul path and that our, our soul knows more than we know. Our hearts know more than we know. And we're here to fulfill a higher destiny. Like we all play a part in this universe. And yeah, that's predetermined, but that's a good thing. Like that's not something to be fearful of. When you say a predetermined destiny, I believe that it's like the thing that's going to make us the happiest, the thing that we will use our gifts towards, you know, whatever we're good at, we can like shine in this, in this arena. It's a positive thing. Things get tricky and murky and nasty when we listen to everyone else and everything else and let or let our um, environment and people influence the choices and paths that we end up taking in life. And when we do that, that's where I believe divine intervention does happen for some people. Maybe not all people, but... feel like the most unpredictable and worst scenario possible while it's happening... But until you actually climb your way out of it, yep. then you'll understand. Then you'll connect those dots backwards and be like, wow. Yep. You're, now you're, it makes so much sense why this occurred. But at the time, it felt like I was about to climb Mount Everest. That's how difficult um, it was going through it. But when you look backwards at it, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so simple. Why didn't I see it at the time? Yeah. It's, it's almost like protecting you from something. It's probably saving your life from something. It's probably keeping you away from harm's way. Like there's so much that happens. And that's why I don't take these like random acts that completely happen in life. And you're just like, whoa. It's like, no, they're they're put there for a reason. It means you were not on the right path. And God or universe, whatever it is that you believe in, your own soul is out there watching out for you and saying, whoa, buddy, like this is what I have for you. Like Nina, you are not meant for this. I'm going to turn your life upside down and you're going to go on this path. And you're right. In the moment, I thought it was chaos. And I look back and think like, had certain things not played out the way that they did, I would not have had the guts to make the decision or choice to walk away from my career to move here. That was a choice and a decision I had to make too. And you know what? Looking back, I was probably five or six years late. But I look at what was influencing my decisions before... It was all fear. It was all, you know, fear of leaving my family and fear of leaving my career and not, you know, being financially independent anymore. Like all these things went through my head. And of course, also not enough trust in you (laughs) at the time. But it all comes down to the universe just put me at a point in life where it was like, Nina, you have no choice but to lean into this fear. It's kind of like a never ending Powell's graph test. Do you remember that case? 
So I, yeah, I do. There's this case uh, for anybody that's not familiar with the Paul's graph test. There's a case that pretty much every single law student has to read um, in your torts class. Then it comes to negligence, and it's this guy, and he's like walking in a train station, I believe, and he like slips in the train station and bumps into some guy that has fireworks, and then the fireworks ignite, and the fireworks go off and hit like a sign, and it flies off and hits somebody. Like it's this whole ridiculous scenario that you think you would only see in like a cartoon movie, but it actually happened. And what they use in this test is who was negligent, and it's called the but-for test, which is the Paul's graph test. And the test is like, but for this person slipping on this banana peel yeah. and then hitting this guy that was but for him holding these fireworks that then blew up and hit this sign that then hit somebody else. And it's kind of connecting the dots all backwards. But it's uh, if you think about it, it's kind of similar to that thing. It's like, but for this happening that we would consider as divine intervention, yeah. all of these other things would have never occurred, yeah. potentially. That, like so everything when they say everything happens for a reason this is why like it all makes sense at the end of the day but okay so we've gotten through that now i'm interested and curious to hear i'll share my answer too and my response really hasn't changed from the other evening but what is your take do we have a predetermined destiny and path um or or no i think i said that wrong is, do we have free choice and free will, or is there a predetermined destiny or path for us? I think that I'm still learning this on a daily basis, but if I had to make an assumption right now with the prefacing statement of, I have no idea if I'm right or wrong, but mm-hmm. I'll say just what, you know, what intuitively I'm thinking is, I have a feeling that we have a predetermined highest and best path that was created by our soul before we arrived here. And we can agree to go on that. And then in the more, like I mentioned before, like the more day-to-day tactical decisions, um, you can make different decisions there, but it's still going to bring you to the end result if you allow it to. If you have the conscious awareness in this lifetime to actually go after what your heart's telling you so you to bring do, you there. So you do think that some people don't ever fulfill their destiny because they just they just keep at the miserable thing. So I, th- I would think there's a couple different ways to look at that. So yes, I am agreeing with that statement. But what I wonder sometimes is, are those people not fulfilling their highest and best purpose because they just aren't consciously aware enough and they're keep they keep running into these obstacles and they listen more to their head than they ever do to their heart and so because of that they just don't do it so they have to come back again in another lifetime and figure it out or is it because before they came here they they knew they had to learn very hard lessons and so in this particular life that they're in they program themselves to say we're not going to consciously become aware of this and because of that, we're going to live these out, learn these challenging lessons, and then come back next time better. I, I don't know. Maybe one of those is completely off. Maybe both of them are. But just as like, that's how I kind of think about it sometimes. So I think that we have free choice and free will when it comes to our own soul's calling and its path. And I, and I get that's like a conundrum right there. I get it. If it's predetermined, it's your predetermined destiny and path from your soul. How is it a free choice and free will? I'm just saying that you feel like you're making a free choice by free will when you're doing something from your heart and you're happy about it, right? 
it just feels easy. It's happy. It's fun. It, it is what you want. And you're able to shut the noise of the world out completely and not care about money or how you're going to support yourself or what everyone's going to think about you or all these like stupid, you know, matrixy things. However, if for some reason you are making decisions and choices based on what other people are saying and your fear of other people's opinions of you or your fear of failure, whatever the fear may be, or even your environment, you're, you know, you're born in not the greatest environment and you don't have an education, you're blaming your lack of education on not being able to find a six-figure job for yourself that you want, well, that again, you're making choices and decisions based on that. Whatever it is, I think that the universe will consistently put things in your path to push you back. And by putting things in your path, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Like you had an accident. I was just flat out made uncomfortable. Um, Like you had the accident. It will probably not open the doors that you're trying to open for yourself. If you're looking for a dead end job after just leaving another job, it's not going to give you a job because it's just not what you're meant to do. It'll keep putting these roadblocks in your way again and again. And it's going to take a very self-aware individual and a person to stop and say, what am I doing? Is this what I really want? Why why, am I wanting this because I'm trying to appease somebody? Like, is this what I want at the end of the day? Is this going to make me happy? And I, you've gone through that process. I have gone through that process where finally it's just like, I'm like, gosh, I'm banging my head against the wall. This is not even what I want to do. I mean, I'm done with it. Like, this is not even my goal or my dream anymore. That's, to me, is sometimes one of the most challenging things to recognize. You're absolutely right. Is that it? sometimes it's very difficult to determine, are you doing something because you actually really innately want that? Or are you doing something because you want it for the wrong reasons? So, for example... Maybe you're pursuing something from a career perspective because you really want to make more money and you're putting that concept of making more money above the concept of what do I want to do that I enjoy on a daily basis. And sometimes it's as simple as that. Like you will try to go do this thing and you'll keep hitting obstacles until you realize, man, I'm not even doing this for the right reasons anymore. And that's a very challenging thing sometimes and something I think all of us are trying to get better at each and every day. But the more you can recognize that from the onset of when you're trying to pursue anything and say, am I doing this because this is what my heart is telling me to do versus this is what my head is telling me to do is really a fine line that you have to be able to consciously understand and evaluate and then always 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 lean on the side of the heart yeah so i mean i don't know take what you guys want from this but i do i don't think that we have free choice or free will i think that we make all of our choices based on our environment and external people or their opinions and whatever they're feeding to us or if not i think that the universe pushes us another way and then we make we're forced to change and we make a different choice and decision that's more aligned with ourselves but again it's still influenced by our soul or our heart, right? And on that concept too, um, I'll take it one step further because we haven't really got much into this, but there is this concept and theory out there as well that even the thoughts that we think that influence the decisions that we have are not our own. 
and that they actually come from this universal source mind. And the big proponent of this theory was Nikola Tesla. And he would say that there's this infinite sea of consciousness that exists and your brain is only a receiver. So everything that you think is your own you know, light bulb moment or idea that goes off potentially is not even yours. It's just coming from this ether that exists and you at that particular point in time extracted that information and then it came through you and you You're talked saying about it. that on a very metaphysical, like universal level, but on a, I'm going to dumb that down really quick because I read an article on this and this is super interesting and I'm sure all of you will start thinking real soon after I say this. We literally don't think our own thoughts anymore. Why do you think every single minute from the time we wake up, we check our phones, there's Instagram ads, Twitter ads, email campaigns, selling us this, selling us that. We wake up, we go downstairs, we see our coffee maker. There's a giant name on that. There's branding all over our house. We get in our car. There's billboards all along our drive to work, selling us things, telling us what to do, where to go this weekend, where there's a festival. There's probably a brewery sign over there. There's a beer sign over there. It's all telling you what to buy and what to consume and where to go and what to do. When you turn the TV on, when you're watching a TV show, you think you're watching a reality TV show and not being subliminally affected by it? Even I'm affected by it. Like you see someone perpetually doing the same behavior, same things, same reactions, same arguments, same fights. You do start to mimic that behavior. You see clothes, you see bracelets on a girl or you see something on her or her shoes. You go online and type in her name and try to see like, what was Naomi wearing on episode seven of whatever, whatever show on Bravo? Like now you want to purchase what she was wearing. You don't, you have to understand that in on this 3D level, like at this very basic level, we live in a society that is literally built on consumerism and there's marketing like bombarded in our faces, telling us what to buy, telling us what to do, telling us what to eat at the uh, restaurant, telling us what to buy at the grocery store. Nothing is our own thought. Even if I choose to go drink a raw vegan protein shake after my workout, my choice to do that is based on something I read. Mm -hmm. And that article that you read came from somebody that probably pulled information out of the ether when they thought about it. And they're probably making a lot of money every time I buy it. Like, so I agree with exactly what you said, that we really are at a point where we, none of us think our own thoughts anymore. It's all filled into our minds, which is a scary it's a scary thing. It's a scary it's thing. Scary, to think but it's scary, but it's also, I mean, it's scary from a marketing and branding perspective and a consumerism perspective. I think it's interesting from the perspective of how Nikola Tesla refers to it in the sense of anything. Well, there's a collective consciousness, too. That, that's, well, that's what he's referring to. So, like anything that's been invented or that will be invented is not a new concept, even though it may seem innovative to us at the time. It exists somewhere within the universe and we're just extracting that information from a metaphysical plane and we're using our brains as a receiver to then analyze that data and then project it out to whatever that innovation could well, be. Well, what did I tell you in law school that my mom always used to tell us? Yeah, your mom used to tell us that nothing that can be thought up. Everything that you, that you think of. So aliens, uh, metahumans, superwoman, bat, uh, Batman. I don't know. Think of the craziest things you want to think of. Even like Pandora. I love Pandora. What's that movie? Avatar. I love it. Um, she always, she raised us to think, she's like, anything you can think of either exists, can be created to exist, 
or once did exist like in this universe so when you see these this is why i believe in conspiracy theories and all these movies that come out in hollywood that on some level somewhere these minds that come up with these ideas and they seem like entertaining to us i just think like on some level that existed yeah it's interesting yeah very interesting all right. <laughs> so this has uh, been me. a lot of, you know, food for thought. And it's it's such a fascinating topic to talk about. And I, I don't, like I don't know still, if we made it more convoluted for people. If I didn't have like coughing fits, I feel like we could still keep going on this. But you're right. Like we don't really, I don't think that you can come with the right answer and I can't come up with the right answer. It's kind of like what do each of us how do we perceive how it? do we perceive and how do we interpret it ourselves yeah so if any of you guys have thoughts like if you guys are absolutely like no we definitely have free choice and free yeah. will and like we want to hear you guys like yeah. we'd love, send us a message and you know we'll give you a shout out on our next episode because we want that back and forth open non-judgmental exchange this is like super interesting feedback from us because we were like so open to it and nina and i've been going back and forth over this concept for like the last week and so this, the ideas that we've come up with, just the two of us, you know, we'd love to hear what all you have to say and your points of view on it. And then not only your point of view, but like your justification for why it is that you think that way. I think it will spark some really interesting discussion. Yeah, we need some of that. Anyways, on to the books. Do you want to let it rip? Sure. Okay. So the first book that we have for you today is called The Free Will Delusion by James B. Miles. And... The next, the next one we one. have is called, is that Destiny V? Destiny versus De- free choice. Destiny voice versus free choice, the scientific evidence behind fate and free will. <laughs> Excuse me. V, Destiny V, free will. <laughs> My bad. I didn't have that written out the right way. Um, the next one we have is How Free Will Works, A Dualist Theory of Human Action. And so those are the books we have today that are going to cover this topic. They're very fascinating. They're very philosophical. And they're also very uh, scientific-based as well. So it's a mixture of more philosophy, a mixture of science, a mixture of kind of human consciousness and how we not only think about these constructs, but how we perceive them within our reality. And the quote that we want to leave you guys with is, Humans are powerless, and even in our exercise of free will, Either the universe is going to get down with your plan or it isn't. And I I spent a lot of time looking for a quote for this episode. And this one really spoke to me because before I recorded, um, I had talked to my mom this morning about this topic and kind of got her take on it. And it it left me, this quote kind of told me what she had said and explained it to me. And this quote helps leave this whole topic kind of open for interpretation. I feel like the quote does the same thing. Like there is no right and wrong answer. I think it's all about our perception and I think it's all dependent on where you are in your self-evolution, in your lifetime, where I am. There's no right and wrong answer here. But she had said that free will exists and it doesn't exist. She said it's like a silly conundrum and she said that all she was able to say to me from all that she's experienced in her life is that the only way to get through this world and to get through this life is to not really think about free choice and free will in that manner, is to you either believe you do or you don't, to just not really think about it, but to always in every waking moment make a very pure, sincere, heartfelt, conscious choice and decision in everything you do, in every interaction that you have with a person, in every choice you make for yourself, in every choice you make for the the food choices you put in your body, where you choose to live, who you choose to hang out with, what you choose to do with your free time. She said that we have to be way more 
conscious about this and completely turn out the outside world and the outside noise when it comes to making decisions for ourselves. And she also mentioned how this can get murky for people depending on how old they are. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of when you're when you're a kid, your parents are guiding you. And she said it depends on how much experience you have in this world. You know, are you over the fear yet? Or are you still fearful to make your own choices? What's your confidence level? How much do you believe in yourself? Are you a much more emotional person or a cerebral person? An emotional person will follow their heart, but a cerebral person will not. So what she said was, what she meant was, no matter what or who is stopping you or telling you which way to go, you have to go with yourself. You have to go with what your gut tells you. You have to follow your heart. And eventually, by doing so, you'll end up following your soul and your soul knows the way to your highest and best destiny. And she said, make no mistake. If you do end up taking a wrong path or a wrong turn, the universe will be there to take you off that path and guide you back on the right one. But you must always be self-aware and self-realized and be honest with yourself at every single moving point. And she said that's the hard part about life because many of us kind of live on this autopilot. You know, we don't really think about things. And she said we really do and we really should be very conscious in every moment. And it's a lot of work, mental and emotional, But if we could all be that more, then we would make all the right choices for ourselves. Absolutely. That's a great quote. Do you know who said that quote by chance? I don't. Should I know? No, it's all good. It's, I was just curious if if it showed or not. It was a really good quote. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, everybody will thank you. I think that hopefully this will spark some interesting thought processes for you. We sure had a great time talking about this over the last week and sharing our viewpoints on it with you. And hopefully it has spurred some, you know, creative uh, juices flowing within your brain to really think through this. And like we mentioned, we would love your feedback on this topic. If you have any points of view that you'd like to share, please comment on us, send us a message. If you have any other questions or ideas around things within podcasts that you'd like us to answer for you or topics that you find interesting based on what we've covered so far or just brand new ideas, we would love to hear it from you. Uh, Please don't forget to rate and review us. You can screenshot us your reviews and we'll send you a free gift as a token of our appreciation. And also, guys, we really love it when you reach out with your questions and comments, like I mentioned. So please keep it up. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time.